welcome to Enduring by Grace Ministries podcast coming at you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Let's read the word together. I am so sorry that I missed a day yesterday. I had a migraine and the recording time, it was not happening for me. So I apologize. So for today's podcast, we are going to review chapters 13 through 16 of Numbers. Um, Yesterday's reading was actually really good. So I encourage you to read Numbers 13 through 14 on your own as well as 15 through 16 because there are plenty of lessons to learn from these chapters. So we're going to go through one by one and just go over what stood out to me amongst these. And I would love to hear from you on what stood out to you guys as well. Okay, so in chapter 13, they are scouting out Canaan. This is where they send the people to see what was waiting before them in the land they were supposed to conquer. And Moses sends Joshua and Caleb to go do this. And um, in here we see this be courageous. And then Caleb quieted the people because they weren't being so courageous, right? They were fearful. Um, I don't know how we're going to defeat the Amalekites. Uh, We're certainly not going to be able to overpower them. And I just don't see any way how we're going to be able to do this. That was their thought process. But Caleb quieted the people and he said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with him responded, we can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So then they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted saying that the land we pass through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants and all the people we saw in it are men of great size. So here we see that these men who went up with Caleb made excuses and exaggerated uh, this as to why they could not do something. They exaggerated um, the reason why as to justify why they cannot do such a thing. How often do we look at certain circumstances and exaggerate it to fit it and mold it into our uh, story and our little comfort bubble? Do you guys do that? Because I know sometimes I do. Because I'm someone who likes comfort and doesn't like change. So I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Can't do that. Mm-mm, no, that's crazy. Do you see how big that situation is? Do you see how big that person is? No, I, I can't do that. So I often tell myself that. And I often listen to the lies sometimes that Saint likes to tell me. But I need to have Caleb's attitude. He quieted the people in the presence of Moses. So we have to quiet ourselves down. And say, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. All we have to do in our lives is substitute the word the land for whatever situation we're going through. Certainly, I can conquer that position. Certainly, I can conquer this assignment that the Lord has set before me. 
you know, so we have to be courageous and understand that we can conquer things with the Lord on our side. So that was from chapter 13. Moving on to chapter 14, we see Israel's refusal to enter Canaan. And we see in the beginning verses here, again, they wanted to go back to Egypt under slavery. They said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? They are already, in their mind, defeated. They've already lost the mental battle. And this is something that really hits home to me because so often I allow my mentality and overthinking and running around in circles to get the best of me. So I found it really useful to conquer the battle in my mind first and realize that it is a mental battle that I face daily. And to make these little decisions, it's a battle in the mind. And like I've said it before, I highly recommend Joyce Meyer's Battlefield of the Mind because I talk so much on this. And my mom always taught me to be careful with my thoughts and my words. And so that's basically, again, um, they have to speak life into the situation and not be overcome by doubt and fear. And going on further count and he said to the entire Israelite community the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land if the Lord is pleased with us he will bring us into this land a land flowing with milk and honey and give it to us only don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land for we will devour them their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us don't be afraid of them and it's so important to realize the fact that it says the Lord will give it to us. By his power and his grace we do things, not our own doing. It's the Lord who gives things to us. It's the Lord who grants us favor in all of our situations. And if the Israelites would have realized that, they would be granted the favor to conquer the land that is flowing with milk and honey. They would have been able to see it for themselves. And going on to verse 10 in chapter 14, it says, While the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites that attended the meeting. They're trying to help them, yet they want to stone them. How often do we try to refuse help and then blame the person trying to help us? It's not good. Not the best situation. And then going down, it says, The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust me? Despite all the signs I have performed among them. That hit home. Does God say this about you and me? Does he say, How long are they going to despise me? How long are they not going to trust me despite all the other times I came through for them? I've been faithful to them their whole life. And how are they not going to trust me in this situation? I know God has been so faithful in so many situations in my life. And yet, can still be doubtful. I can still say I, I'm... I think it's more so for me personally. The fear of how an unanswered prayer is going to turn out. 
or what does God want rather than what I want. So it's more of a submissive thing in my situation because when I pray for something, I still have that, well, I prayed for my mom to be healed kind of mentality and, well, she wasn't. So what does this mean for the Lord's will in this situation? How is he going to provide here and what is his faithfulness look like in this situation because the Lord's faithful he is so faithful and he proves time and time again that he's going to take care of me yet I have fear over here trying to whisper in my ear but what what does God's answer look like and how is it going to fit into my life right now and how am I going to have to change and what does this mean so He's faithful and we have to trust him because he proves it over and over again. And as we get older and the years we live, we're always, we're going to have more accounts of how the Lord's been faithful in our lives. So that's something to remember. And then I find it that in verse, what is it? I believe it's verse 14. It says, they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people. How you, Lord, are seen face to face. How your cloud stands over them and how you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar by night. So here, if you read through it, it's talking of God's judgment of Israel's rebellion. And Moses is sitting here defending them um, and pleading with God on behalf of the people. Here we have Moses pleading on their behalf, even though so often these people have questioned Moses' capability to lead and so forth. And again, we see that example, example of how big of a person Moses is when coming to the Lord and pleading on behalf of these Israelites. Okay, then moving forward. I love this verse. It says, so now may the Lord's power be magnified just as you have spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people in keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. That is, again, Moses pleading on behalf of these Israelites. And it's sparing their lives and then giving their future generations a chance to see this land flowing with milk and honey. Because the Lord is faithful and because he has been so slow to anger and faithful love that it's giving them, their younger generations, a chance to see it. But their punishment is that they won't be able to. Because then it goes further on and says, none of those who have despised me will see it. And that's coming from the Lord. Um, then moving down, we see right here is where the Lord's punishment comes in for their rebellion in verse 34. You'll bear the consequences of your iniquities 40 years based on the number of the 40 days that you scouted the land a year for each day. And we have to remember that God is a just God and his punishment will stand and it's going to be what he believes is fair and what the Lord thinks is fair is fair. So that's something to remember there. And um, 
Then in verse 37, those men who spread the negative report about the land were struck down by the Lord. Only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, remained alive of those men who went to scout the land. So from this section, from this whole um, chapter of chapter 14, we see that the faithfulness and positivity will get you far. Staying faithful and trusting in the Lord is going to bring you to your promised land. Just stay trusting and dependent upon the Lord. And again, just submit up, uh, submit unto the Lord your life. And he's going to get you to wherever he wants to take you. And that is such a leap of faith. And you know what? Like it says in the New Testament, just a mustard seed. You have to have that faith. Just stay faithful and believe that the Lord's going to get you where you need to be. Okay. So let's move on. Still in chapter 14. Oh, yes. This verse. Chapter 14, 42. Don't go because the Lord is not among you. And you will be defeated by your enemies. I think I said this in my last podcast. But don't go and try to do things without God. And do it yourself on your own. Uh, don't do things without God on your side if he hasn't guided you to go and do. Because that is just trouble waiting to happen. Alright, don't go and do. Um, stay faithful, listen, and wait for your next step. Just like I had said before, we gotta listen. We gotta learn to listen to the Lord and really depict where we're going in when he wants us to go and where he wants us to go. And, you know, we're going to learn by trial and error. But we have to do these things with a good heart and good intentions. And while we're trying to stay faithful to the Lord. Uh, go and do or don't go and do. Do things only with the Lord on your side. And he'll know if the Lord's in it. Because if the Lord's not in it, sometimes it's just going to crumble and fall really hard and really fast. So... We're going to learn through trial and error, but it's okay because the Lord is faithful. And we have to be courageous every step of the way. And boy, am I preaching to myself right now. <laughs> All right. So moving on. That was chapters 13 to 14. A lot of good stuff in there. I encourage you to read. Read those two chapters. And now we're going to move on to chapters 15 and 16. So, chapter 15 is kind of a tedious read. It's, again, about the laws about offerings. But there is a passage that stood out to me in chapter 15. It's verses 27 through 29. Or 27 through 28. Let me see here. If one person sins unintentionally, he is to present a girl female goat as a sin offering. The priest will then make atonement before the Lord on behalf of the person who acts in error, sinning unintentionally. And when he makes atonement for him, he will be forgiven. Okay, so basically chapter 15, verse 28, we see similarity to Jesus. Uh, he was the lamb that was sacrificed on our behalf and has made atonement for us and thus we are forgiven. So there we see that parallel to Jesus again. And it's so important to remember those parallels and how important they are 
to fall back on him and be like, I'm forgiven. He was a sacrifice. And we pray in Jesus' name and ask for forgiveness in Jesus' name so that God sees Jesus' sacrifice before our sin and makes us clean. So that is the real thing, something really important to remember. So that was uh, the sort of only big major point I got from chapter 15. Um, moving on to chapter 16. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. So chapter 16, verse 26, 25 through 26. Moses got up and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. He warned the community, get away now from the tents of the of these wicked men. Don't touch anything that belongs to them, or you'll be swept away because of all their sins. This, to me, simulates with our culture today. In the sense that, not really our culture, but to apply it to our scenario today, is if we see sinners and we partake in their sins and we touch, I don't know, anything that belongs to them. So saying like we partake in those actions of sin and start to really assimilate ourselves within that sinful community or partake in those actions, we will be swept away because of all their sins. So it's really important that we always do things with the Holy Spirit as our guide so that we're not swept away into sin and that we continue to sin because that's when we'll be sort of swept away from the Lord because of our own uh, consciousness of sin and how it impacts our lives. And then that'll make us want to dwell farther and farther away from the Lord. We put up that wall between ourselves and God and that's never good. So sin separates us from the Lord. That's the key takeaway. So we should not partake in things that will separate us from God. And it's as simple as that. It's a simple statement, although with temptations of the world and all that I know is very difficult. That's why we need to rely on the Holy Spirit and the Lord for strength to pursue Christ and his love and his way of life. So moving forward, uh, let's see. So that was the big takeaway. And... Here we see in 16 verse 32 that the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their household, all cores, people, and all their possessions. They went down alive in the shul with all that belonged to them. I, um, this stood out to me because if you read through it, it was at first God was going to destroy the whole Levite community. They were already separated from the Lord and called, but then these leaders had misguided the people so then the lord again showed grace okay i'm not going to do everybody but i am going to do these people so he warned the people step aside um you will know that it is i the lord who does these things when the earth will open up and swallow these people into shul so we see the lord's wrath judgment and grace all wrapped up in that tiny little verse so then it goes on to verse 41. The next day, the entire Israelite community complained about Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the Lord's people. When the community assembled against them, Moses and Aaron turned toward the tent in meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it, and the Lord's glory appeared. Um, so Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent in meeting, and the Lord said to Moses, Get away, 
from this community so that I may consume them instantly. But they fell face down. So here we see God's wrath, God's judgment. Yet he is so full of grace and love all at once. Because God loves good. Goodness. So I don't know how to properly describe this. Because here we see God's wrath and his judgment. And that can be very intimidating to the newer Christian or a person who is considering Christianity. And it makes you wonder, how is this an all-loving God? And how, you know, but just like we said here, don't touch anything blocks them be swept away because of their sins. And then they swallowed him up whole to sort of separate his people from that sin. He's trying to remove sin from the situation so it stops polluting his people and the Israelites' hearts as how I view it. So this is something that has an easy remedy now uh, because of Jesus' sacrifice. This is all under the Old Covenant. And yes, it seems very harsh, but this was how it was in the Old Covenant because we didn't have Jesus as a solution so I'm so grateful for having Jesus as our solution because I fail so many times throughout the day, whether it's saying a word I shouldn't say or my attitude or some of my thoughts. I'm just like complaining towards God maybe some days, you know, I'm grateful for Jesus because I'm far from perfect and I can constantly seek his forgiveness and accept his sacrifice daily or moments throughout the day every day so yes god does seem very harsh within these scriptures but it does show that he is a fair god and a just god and a god who loves good and does not appreciate the pain that has been brought into this earth and all the sin that makes it ugly and he had created a perfect creation and that's what he wants it to be so that's the main point we need to the big picture we need to see when we look at oh my gosh god just made the earth swallow up these people yes because he's trying to restore um creation back to his original intent which is for it to be good and very good um so thankfully in the new testament we have jesus to restore that and restore our connection unto the lord so yes it can sound very intimidating but it's all about a continuation of the big picture of this grand story of restoration to him his creation being restored back to him and trying to perfect it along the way. So, so thankful for Jesus. So thankful for his sacrifice and his obedience. And his example. And way of how we're supposed to live today. So, that's, those are my major takeaways today. Um, sorry I didn't read it to you guys. Just so I wouldn't bore you and sort of catch up. But I encourage you to read uh, chapters 14 through 16. I encourage you to go to EnduringByGrace.com and visit the forum and let's discuss it and let's talk about it. If you're the first one to post, I will um, be right on there to discuss it with you because I know my following is minimal right now. So it might not be a large conversation at the moment, but invite your friends and 
let's uh, have some good fellowship and uh, discussion about Jesus and what the Bible means to us today. So thank you so much for listening. And I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you and encourages you along this crazy journey we're all going on. Thank y'all so much and God bless.